The good people effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth. And I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living. Welcome back to another episode of the Good People Effect podcast. Today's episode is with Chelsea Dinsmore. Super happy to have Chelsea on the show. Uh, Chelsea holds or runs or leads a community of 65,000 plus people online and helps them live more meaningful lives. Um discover their passions, their purposes, their reasons for being. And I really wanted to get her on the show because her values seem to be aligned with what this show is all about. And I just wanted to have a chat with her and and see what her perspective was and all of this kind of stuff. So yeah, got Chelsea on the show. We had a chat. I'm about to play that one for you now. Before I do, I just wanted to quickly mention the tribe I'm trying to build here. The good people effect, I really feel, is something um, that can be spread. It's when you surround yourself with people that are going to help push you forward in certain different areas of your life and you in turn help them back. Uh, So that's what the good people affect. That's what the podcast is all about. So if you know anyone that um, could use some of that, uh, maybe it's a friend, a colleague, a family member, maybe it's someone that's just in need of a little bit more direction in their life or maybe they're just looking for a new podcast to listen to. Maybe they're into like things like spirituality, yoga, philosophy, meditation, uh, self-discovery. If you know anyone like that, please, please, please share the show with them. Let them know about it. And if you haven't already, uh, consider hitting that subscribe button yourself. Uh, Here's my chat with Chelsea and I really hope that you get something out of this and it helps you on your own journey. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> so uh for for people out there that don't know um would you be able to tell me a little bit about live your legend and um you know how that started and, and what that is all about yeah absolutely so um live your legend it's a business and a community that is really dedicated to helping people find more meaning and purpose in both their careers and their lives and It started about a decade ago, um, and it really in the beginning was very, very focused on career. Um, But obviously, as my life has evolved and as things have evolved within the business and both personally and business-wise, we've sort of expanded the offerings at Live Your Legend to really help people navigate all kinds of transitions because transitions can be tough, right? And while we are initially focused on career transitions, we've kind of elaborated and expanded upon that to really help people find meaning and purpose regardless of whatever transition they might be navigating, whether that's loss of a career, loss of a relationship, um, loss of identity of some sort. Um, So that's really the things that we're focusing on at Livery Legend today. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to get through those transitional periods? Well, I mean, and I could could go really deep into this. Please do. (laughs) Um, well, I mean, the nature of our primal mind is that it resists change, right? Like as much as our surviving or our, our surroundings have evolved tremendously fast around us, 
our brains, our human minds, especially at the subconscious level, haven't quite caught up. And so, you know, we're not in a day and age anymore where we actually have to find our next meal or we have to run from a tiger that might be attacking us. Um, our minds don't really understand that and they just view change as a threat. And so while rationally, you know, we've evolved tremendously in our rational thinking mind, um, our subconscious mind hasn't quite caught up. And so I think that the nature of our reactionary experience or, you know, some kind might call it fight or flight or the stress response, um, it's to resist change. And you actually need to train that more rational, logical part of your brain to understand that, okay, you're viewing this as a threat, but let's get really real with what's real right now. And this isn't actually a threat. This is just change. Um, but that takes a lot of mind management because these are very deeply rooted primal instincts within us. Yeah, I was talking to Dr. Craig Hassed from Monash University, and he was talking about, you know, a lot of people are fearing uh, the future, the things that are about to happen as if, you know, you were getting attacked by a lion right now. Or, you know, they were thinking or dwelling about things um, that have affected them in the past. And it kind of really takes us away from that present moment and disconnects us from that ability to be able to be mindful and to be able to kind of, you know, think in that way to get past those things. Or It makes it a lot harder anyways. Um, can you tell me about, you know, maybe how some challenges that you faced in, in your past in regards to, you know, moments where you might have had to be mindful and step out of it um, and how you might have overcome them? Yeah, well, it's, it's been sort of a long, evolving journey. But um, the reason I'm sitting here talking about Live Your Legend today is because um, the founder, who is now my late husband of Live Your Legend, um, he passed away in a mountain climbing accident while we were in Africa climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, um, which obviously was, you know, a very to be real about fight or flight experience, <laughs> like it was not only, it was a very near death experience for me, but then obviously resulted um, in an accident that he did not survive from. And so that obviously, you know, I was 32 years old at the time and it sort of threw my, what I imagined my future to be um, kind of into shambles and just my life in general. I mean, it's interesting, it's so interesting. And this is why I talk a lot more about this at Live Your Legend of how much life changes can kind of challenge your identity and where you just believe that you belong in the world. Because it's not only about, you know, your future that you had imagined, but I was really, really struggling at, to, to my surprise, I thought I was a very self-aware person, of just sort of where I belonged in the world and how did I fit into a life that sort of in some ways didn't feel like mine. And so I went really, really inward um, for many years. I totally devoted myself for the first year after he passed away to just growth and personal development. I mean, the amount of coaching sessions I did, the amount of events that I went to, the amount of books that I read, the amount of places that I traveled in that first year were really all to help me grow my mind and my perspective. And I actually feel like that is really what sort of brought me to the place that I'm in today of peace and, you know, love of my life, a complete and utter love of my life, this version of it, um, was that, you know, a lot of people, especially in the initial days after, initial weeks after, you just sort of heard, oh, time will heal. 
And I realized very quickly <laughs> that I wasn't just going to wake up one day because I had somebody invented 365 days on a calendar and magically feel better. And unfortunately, that's a lot of what people are told is that, you know, give it enough time, time will heal. But I really wanted to take the approach that experiences are what cause healing, not time. And time is an amazing platform, obviously, to have more and more experiences. But I really wanted to take that journey of healing and finding peace and growth. And like I said, love and appreciation for this part, how my life looks today and kind of take it into my own hands because it felt like it was a very powerless place when I was just sort of expected to wait around for time to do the healing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. How do you how do you find it within yourself to work past that or, or move forward when you feel like everything or your world as you know it is kind of collapsing around you? Yeah, and I mean, there were so many stages, and I think there are so many stages of a process like this. And I think the hard thing about it is that there's not one roadmap. You know, you can't be just be like, here's the 10 steps to, you know, overcoming when life throws you a complete shitstorm. <laughs> like, if it was that easy, that book would have been written by now. That would be nice. Yeah, right. But for every individual, it is so unique. And I think that really comes from a lot of our past experiences and our conditioning and our beliefs about the world, because a lot of what you're doing in the process is re-identification and rediscovery and redefining what a lot means to you. Because what you believed about the world, especially if it's very, very sudden, it, it, it just completely collapses in front of you. Um, and so for me, I think the journey looked like starting really, really small and then scaling really, really big and then kind of finding a balance between the two. And so to give you some context, um, I remember in the very, very early days, um, you know, I, I was definitely challenged and there were lots of days that I woke up and I wished that the planet would just take me away. Um, because, you know, at that time, I think that the pain that I was feeling, it would have been so much easier to just alleviate it by not being here. Um, and so I had to start really small. And I remember thinking like, you must come up with a purpose that you align with one you can't just say oh you know you can't just say something and it, it, it's a it's a very cliche statement it actually has to resonate with you at the visceral level where it's like meaningful to you and for me it was that i really really believe that everyone in our lives had suffered enough and i needed to figure out a way for them and so in the beginning, I think it was, it was my belief, I created the belief that the only real tragedy in this life is to let one loss lead to another. Like whether I was here on this planet, but I lost like that soul version of me, that was the same thing, right? So I really believed that for everyone around me that I loved, I needed to figure out a way to be me again. So. And I found a purpose. I said, you know, every single day you can spend a little time doing something you love. In the beginning, that really just started with a yoga class or, you know, whatever it was that was going to feel good for me that day, I started really, really small. And then as those little things, and I think this is why the advice about first is always given is that 
first they say are really, really hard because you're kind of creating a new experience around a previous belief set or system or memory or something like that. And so, you know, you get through a lot of those and then it starts to become easier and easier to just get up each day. Um, and so then I went a lot bigger and that was where I went on that whole journey of traveling around the world and wanting to understand how limited my view of the world was. Like I went to India because I wanted to understand like that they actually celebrate death in India. And just because I was born in a certain place, I had a certain belief around death and I wanted to challenge that view. I wanted to understand other cultures that really looked at things in different ways. And so set me on kind of this big quest, sort of, if you want to call it like a little spiritual journey where I went around the world to really expand my viewpoint from outside my own world to see the collective world, which then I think in some ways, I don't want to say it made things seem trivial, but when you look at what's going on in the entirety of the world, I think you start to recognize you're just one cell. If the if the, if Earth was a planet, like I'm literally just one, or if Earth was a human body, I'm literally just one cell within that body. So I think it just gives you some perspective of there's a lot of people out there suffering, and if human history has taught us anything, it's that humans are resilient when they choose to be. And so I scaled really out, and then now I feel like I live a very happy middle ground where, you know, I've designed my life in a way that, like I said, I love my days, I love what I do, but I think if I would have kept on trying to have that grand, big perspective, in some ways it was taking away the sense of the normalcy that I was really, that I think my core value really resides in. So I kind of scaled back down and stopped traveling all over the world to try to discover these crazy things, and I live a much more normal, simple life now. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting when you have this massive influx of experiences and events that happen uh, within your life when you're in your you know daily routine, whatever that might be. You you know, there's not a lot of new things that happen or come your way. And when you expose yourself to this this beautiful world that we have at our fingertips, or some of us do, I feel like these new experiences and and these different kind of challenges and this these different changes that constantly happen every single day, you're just bombarded with them you know, kind of force you to to adapt and change and, and look at things in a different way and learn new things and, and grow. So I think your travel is an amazing thing. And then it is important, like you said, to be able to scale that back and then use what you've learned in some way. So, so there's a kind of like a gathering phase and then a using phase. But I guess we're always gathering throughout life. I uh, hope you're really getting something out of this chat with Chelsea. I just wanted to say, if you are enjoying the chat, I think you should subscribe to the show. It feels a little bit strange asking for people to subscribe, but I know that the more people that listen to the show means the more people that will share the good people effect and help other people uh, through these lessons that I'm kind of uncovering that I really want to just send out there into the world. So even though it does feel weird asking, I'm just going to do it anyways. And uh, if you haven't already, please click subscribe. Let's get back into the chat. Absolutely. I mean, I think every every moment is an opportunity to learn, to listen, to grow, to give. Like every moment truly is an opportunity if, if you see it that way. 
Um, and that's why, like, my friends have joked with me for my entire life. They're like, Tosi, you'll just talk to anybody. Like, you know, don't you get bored of just, like, talking to strangers? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. I see people as an opportunity to learn something about life or the world that I haven't experienced. They have a very different experience than me. So I'll talk to anybody <laughs> because, like, I'm fascinated, truly fascinated with humans and why we do what we do, myself being one of them. So Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting how you, there's so many different, you know, unique lessons you can learn from every single person if you kind of, you know, approach it with an open mind and, and you have that point of view of just having conversations with as many people as you can. I mean, um, it can only be a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, Chelsea, I've got a person that's very close to my heart in my life at the moment and she's going through a situation that's obviously nowhere near the same but very similar in certain ways. She uh, feels like she doesn't want to be in the shadows of her partner and she also feels as though um, she's not sure what her objective or her purpose or her, uh, there's so many different words people use, um, but she doesn't know which path to follow, what to work towards, and she feels desperately in need of finding that that thing, that, that one thing that kind of lights her up. Um, what what advice would you give to her? What what would I be able to tell her to help her out on her journey? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and that's such a good and interesting question because I've actually listened. You know, we've got a community at Livery Legends that um, over the years you you listen to what they have to say and the challenges that they're having, and then you obviously try to provide solutions for that. And it was interesting because when Live Your Legend began, it very much had this kind of like, you, you know, you find your passion and you, you follow it and you build a career around it. And if with enough grit and enough effort, like you can do it. And I think that that was really true because to be honest, that was very, very, very true for Scott, who is founder of Live Your Legend. Um, he kind of had this, like Elizabeth Gilbert has since given a talk for Oprah Super Soul Sunday, where she talks about it as like the jackhammers and the hummingbirds of the world. And Scott was definitely a jackhammer, you know, so is Elizabeth Gilbert. Like you hear Elizabeth Gilbert's story of what she's overcome and the resilience she's taken to be a writer. She knew she wanted to be a writer from day one. I, however, am very much a hummingbird <laughs> where I have loads of different interests. Like I've... I've had my hands in so many different pots. Like, I don't know that I care about any one thing enough to grind at that level. And so I actually think, and I've had to reword a lot of what I talk about now at Live Your Legend in terms of passion. And I've started giving actually a lot of workshops for high schoolers because I think it's really important for that age group because you know, when you hear that word passion or purpose or whatever it may be, I think people think, oh my God, it's the thing that you jump out of bed for and it's blissful all the time. And if you don't have that, then there's something wrong with you. And I noticed that people feeling very shamed over the years that they didn't have this singular purpose or passion. And so a lot of now how I redefine passion is it's the thing that you're willing to keep showing up for right? Like I was a yoga teacher full-time at one stage of my life. And that was the thing at that stage of my life that I was willing to keep showing up for. And then my interests and my desires and my needs changed. 
And if I would have continued to fight those, because I felt very like, I have one purpose, I have one passion, this is my life thing, I have to do it, I have to grind, life would have started to been feeling really hard with, around my passion, which makes no freaking sense. And I've seen so many people at Live Your Legend start to, like try to build a passion-based business and they're totally freaking miserable. And so that's where I've really started to change the conversation around this word is discover the thing that you're willing to keep showing up for. For some people right now, that is the quest of understanding what it is they're willing to keep showing up for. It's that self-discovery phase. For other things, it's a more tangible concept or career or, you know, hobby, whatever it may be. But I also really, really invite people to listen because if you're going to just keep doing something because you've already done it, always done it, it's not going to work very well if and when you evolve, which I think as humans we're meant to do. So for your friend, I would have her, we have a whole course at uh, Live Your Legend, it's called 21 Days to Discover Your Passion. And it does, it walks you down that path of trying to understand, especially if you're a multi-potentialite that loves loads of things, you know, what are the many things that are, I'm interested in? Where do my strengths, skills, talents, and passions intersect? And how can I choose one singular thing, at least for now, and test it out and see if I'm willing to keep showing up for that? I like the idea of testing it out and, and the whole, oh, you put that was really nice. But I'm just thinking like, I know personally in the past, I've had similar issues. Like I really... I wanted, I've wanted to be good at a million different things and I enjoy a lot of different things and I don't really see myself just doing one of them and putting myself in one box. But I also found that consistency and kind of working through the hard times was important. But like you said, you don't want to have force it. Um, you don't want to, you know, kind of do something that doesn't feel natural and because that doesn't end up being a passion, you just end up miserable. So how do we stay consistent through the hard times um, but then know when to kind of let things go and, and change direction? Oh, that's such a good question. And so I actually, I work with small groups of people and I've called it sort of like the align and design. It's a mastermind group, but we work together. And it's because we really look at people's internal and external systems, because those are the two places that are going to hold you back. Because in any time that you're undergoing any sort of belief or behavior change, there's a hump that you have to overcome. That's exactly what you're talking about. Like if you don't perceive yourself as a writer and you sit down and start writing, it's going to feel really hard at first. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, you're not meant to be a writer just because it's hard. You have to overcome that period of transition and then you kind of get to choose whether or not you're going to carry on or not. Um, but this is where I like, I think it's, you have to look at it both ways. Are your beliefs holding you back or are your behaviors holding you back? And so I think it's kind of a multifaceted approach. And that's why I usually work with these groups throughout 10 weeks straight, because it doesn't just, you don't just figure it out overnight. But when you do start to make consistent progress on something in a way that feels doable and desirable, just like I said, our, our brains are wired so simply. If you're feeling successful doing something, you'll keep doing it. If you feel like a failure doing something, you're going to stop doing it. Like we do what feels good and we avoid what feels bad. And so if you can set up your external systems in a way that actually makes you feel good, 
while you're doing these things that might be a new skill or behavior or belief that you're adopting, then that's sort of the golden key to get you past that transition, that transitory phase where you're sort of fighting with yourself. Oh, I'm doing this thing, but I don't really believe that I am this thing or can do this thing because you don't have data or evidence to support it yet. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I do with these small groups where both, you know, we'll look at their thing, you know, say that somebody's just showing up every single week and they're not, you know, doing what they committed to. Like, are they not doing it because they're procrastinating and it might just not be the best time of day and their systems, their external systems are out of whack? Or are they not doing it because they sit down at the computer and they start, you know, self-shaming themselves saying, oh, you don't deserve this. You don't belong here. Like, who do you think you are? Like, those are where you need to go back in more internal systems, whereas the external stuff, it's literally sometimes just a matter of doing simple things like stacking habits or, you know, reward and um, reward systems that you implement within yourself or with other people um, for that short period of time. Because like I said, it's usually just the transition phase that we need to overcome when we're building something new. Mm. I know I know a lot of the time when we're kind of working towards something and, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of struggles that come our way. And I think one of the biggest ones is kind of being too attached to the outcome and looking at the end goal kind of way, way before it's time. Or, you know, you shouldn't really do that at all, but it's it's a very difficult thing, I feel like, to detach yourself from the outcome, especially when there might be some sort of kind of need or um, there might be kind of a vision that you have in your mind and you're working towards. How? What kind of strategies do you have from removing our, ourselves from the end and just focusing on the work? Well, I think this is, I mean, this is a big conversation. Um, but I think that the way, the simplest way that I can explain it is it's like if you were to set your GPS, you know, say you were in California or let's say you're in Australia and you wanted to drive from Sydney to Brisbane. Um, you set your compass in a direction, right? Like you obviously know that you need to go north in that, in that case, right? But I think where we get really wrapped up, and this is where I think, you know, that we talk about the difference between the heart and the head is your heart can want to, I don't know, write a book or have a business or something like that. But the head will get caught up in the language of time and space. So if you, you know, say you're single and you need to find a partner by tomorrow, that's usually the head speaking. Whereas if you're single and you want a connection with another human being, I think that's the heart speaking. So I oftentimes say the way to detach from outcome is trying to release the how and the when but staying really attached to the why. You know, you want to write that book because you have a message or a voice that you really believe people need to hear, or it was a voice that you needed to hear when you needed it most and you weren't finding it, or something like that. Or I think it's obviously getting back to the relationship example, it's one of our human needs to want to be connected to other people. So to want love and connection, there's nothing wrong or abnormal about that. But I think our head is the place where it makes it really be, it needs to be in this circumstances. It needs to happen this way. They need to have a six pack and, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes and it can't be under six feet tall. Like all of that is those specifics that I think can really, really make the journey not enjoyable. But if you can focus on why you want whatever it is 
that you think you want, then oftentimes I think that that's one of the best ways to detach from outcome. And on top of that, the thing I always remind people of is that most of the things that we think that we want, really what we want are the feelings that we believe are going to come as a result of them. So, you know, if you want to start your own business, you want what you believe is going to be that freedom or that flexibility or that creativity or whatever it is that the feeling that you associate with being, you know, an entrepreneur. And again, anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that there's a lot of other feelings involved. But I think that oftentimes when you can start to realize, oh my gosh, I think I want that relationship because I actually want love and connection. Or I know I want that relationship because I want love and connection. How can I introduce more love and connection into my life right now? How can I expand perhaps my definition of what I define love and connection to be, and I can introduce some of that into my life right now. And that's what we do a lot in that mastermind is we talk about the feelings that we actually are associating with outcomes and how we can implement more of those into our lives present day. Because then it stops being about the outcome because you've already achieved the feeling. Yeah, I mean, the mastermind sounds great. I think all these little things can become quite overwhelming, especially in the beginning. It feels like there's a million tiny steps before you get anywhere close to where you want to be. And I think something like a mastermind or or like an online course or something that helps lead you through the journey or at least point you in the right direction with the community to support you is a very beneficial thing, especially when, you know, there's a million things to keep in mind and a million things to kind of think about. And then on top of all that, you've got all the steps that you need to figure out and, and take action on. So it can become kind of crazy, can't it? Well, and I always think it's so important to work with others or around others or in some way, shape or form, because you can definitely be your own worst. You can be your own biggest cheerleader, but you can also be your own worst enemy. And I think one of the most beautiful things about other people is that I say we all have blind spots for a reason. And the reason is, is because they're blind to us. Like, if you're not willing to learn, grow, and be better with the help of other people, you're only going to get so far. You're going to reach a limit, and then that's where you're going to stop. And so that's sort of where I think that opening up yourself that vulnerable to having help from other people is probably one of the biggest things that you can do for your growth. Um, and this day and age, there's so many ways to do it. It's so many different financial, you know, ways that it's available with online communities for free and, you know, all the way up to private coaching and stuff like that. Um, but it just, I think that we all only can see what we can see. And there's certain things within ourselves we can't see and other people become a reflection or a mirror for those things that we could never see within ourselves. Mm -hmm. I know myself personally, I use a lot of books and podcasts to kind of learn and grow myself and as well as surrounding myself with great people like yourself, Chelsea. What what kind of books or podcasts could you recommend? Is there anything that you gift to other people or is there a particular podcast or two that you really enjoy? 
Yeah, I mean, mine has, mine's, mine continues to evolve over the years. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Mark Manson. Uh, he just came through London on his second book tour. Um, I've definitely read both of his books. I gobble up everything, every article that he writes. I just really, I like the way that he simply delivers very complex messages. Um, he talks about basically like our values, our belief systems, kind of why we do what we do. Um, he, his first book became national bestseller. It was called, um, it was that subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, and like one of the things that he talks about that I just love and it's so true is like, he, he uses curse words quite openly and he'll say like, everyone's eating some sort of shit sandwich. Just pick what shit sandwich you want. And that's so true. Like, when you think about working for somebody versus working for yourself, like you're definitely trading something for another. The amount of days that I wish that I just showed up and got a paycheck, like there's a lot of those days, but there's also other things I love about being an entrepreneur. So, you know, when you start to recognize that there's not just one utopia or the grass is always going to be perfect and green in any other shape or form, you realize and you start to appreciate where you are and what you're doing for what it brings to you. So it's in a way, it's a very backwards kind of like gratitude practice. Um, but I love what he talks about. He, I'm a big fan of his. Um, Brooke Castile is another. I listen to her podcast religiously. She has a podcast called The Life Coach School. Um, and she herself is a life coach. But she just talks about a lot of the ways that our minds work and how to kind of manage your mind better. So I'm sort of always looking into that sort of stuff. And then I think I mentioned during that year or so, I went very spiritual and I started learning about quantum physics. I started researching everything about laws of attraction in the universe and the energies in the universe. So there was a period of time where all of those things would have been top of my list. But now I'm a little bit more into like Brooke Castillo, Mark Manson type of people. Well, Thank you so much for this chat today, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. I feel like there was so many tips that we've gone through and so much beautiful inspiration that I think a lot of people can get a lot out of. Um, where can people find out more? Where can people kind of, um, you know, connect with you or just, you know, find out a little bit more about what Live Your Legend is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So, Live Your Legend, I mean, we're just liveyourlegend.net is our website and then um, all, everything's there, loads of articles, you know, like I said, it's, it's been going for a decade. So the amount of content in there is, um, can be overwhelming. Um, the more intimate community that we have is called the Passionate Work Program. Um, and that's a private community that's online that houses all of our courses. And I pop in there all the time. Like I've got a call, um, right after this actually, where I do kind of live interviews with people um for q a's and things like that so that's our little bit more intimate community and then we also of course have the masterminds um and then just personally i i don't do a lot on the social channels business-wise but um i'm on instagram my personal instagram chelsea dinsmore but yeah that's that's about it <laughs> thank you for tuning into another episode of the good people effect podcast hope you got something out of that chat with chelsea i really do hope that it uncovered some insights for you that are going to help push you along your journey or maybe help just give you another perspective on things and yeah if you want more information head over to goodpeopleeffect.com where there'll be all the shows plus maybe a couple of early ones and there's also an opportunity to join up to the tribe which is a group i'm putting together 
Uh, the first 100 people to sign up are going to get plenty of free online courses from me, ebooks, uh, plenty of good stuff, uh, giveaways through a monthly newsletter, but I'm not going to begin that until I get the first 100 subscribers. So head over to goodpeopleeffect.com, have a look around and I uh, hope you like it. And I will catch you next week. Thank you guys. Have a good one.